content may not be appropriate for all listeners. Listener's discretion is advised. to WTF You're Talking About, the podcast where we don't know what we're talking about until you do. I'm Katie. And I'm Decker. And we're here to ask each other, what the fuck are you talking about? So here's how it works. We have six categories of topics, and the contents of next episode will be determined by the roll of a die. The categories are true crime, paranormal, history and education, science and technology, entertainment, and current events. <laughs> like I didn't think about that at all. I did. I have to make sure I say them in the right order, because if I... I love how we have to count on our hands, too. <laughs> like, somehow that helps us. I think it's a muscle memory, like knowing... It is. Ooh, it is the muscle memory. Yeah. Um, we will be using an eight-sided die. So what? It, right? I did it at the right time. If you roll a one, nope. That means, yep, no. <laughs> <laughs> I ruined it. I ruined it again. Let me I? try again. <laughs> Oh, Where what, what year is it? Where am I? Um, We're going to use an eight-sided die, so that means if you roll a one, then you're going to roll a six-sided die for those same six categories, except it has to be local, so Idaho or any state bordering Idaho. And if you roll an eight, then it's a wild. You can talk about whatever you want. Woo! I, I think the gist of it was in there somewhere. <laughs> whatever you want. I'm having a hard time communicating. That's Mercury weird. isn't even in retrograde. Words are hard. It's bad, guys. <laughs> Dude, I love... So, um, fun fact, uh, with my friend Brendan, our friend Brendan, um, he gets really heated when people have discussions about Mercury and retrograde. <laughs> so at work, we, um, uh, for those of you that don't know what that means, it's the, it's the, uh, what's we're for? It's the phenomenon where if you were looking at the sky, uh, into the ethos, you could see Mercury, right, over time. Where Mercury also basically just like kind of stops and like does a loop and goes back. Yeah, it appears a bit. to be moving back. Yeah, and you're like, what? That's and the so, retrograde. Yeah, it's so I was talking about how uh, clearly we're, you know, in a universe where it's Earth centric, and that's part of the problem is the crystals and the ether. And, and he just, and this is at work, and he just lost it. And he went right up to the whiteboard, he took out a marker, and he started like explaining, and, and we started getting audience and stuff. And I'm like, but, but Brendan, Brendan. Uh, I think you're missing the point, though. The, the Mercury goes backwards because of other things in the... And he's like, no! It doesn't go backwards! <laughs> that was pretty fun. No, I mean, it's a well-known fact that it appears to be going backwards. It's not actually right. moving backwards. Right. But... But I like to joke with him that it actually is going backwards. Have you, are you familiar with the website? I think it's called Is Mercury in Retrograde? No. Dot, dot com. Let's find out. Um, it, it will tell you if Mercury is in retrograde. And if it is not, as it is right now, it is not in retrograde. It will tell you. And <laughs> It is a site. No, I know it is. Wow. No, something else must be bumming you out. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's fun. So the frustrating, because when Mercury goes into retrograde, Mercury is the, the overarching of communication. It happens on Halloween. I know. What? I know. See a spirits <laughs> messing with the celestial bodies in the sky. That's that. <laughs> Perfect. Some... I hope he hears this one day and gets really <laughs> upset. Knows he cannot change my mind because this is in the past. Someday I'll have to do an astrology bit. 
But that's another one where that that would have to be like a series because there's a fuck ton of shit there. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know more about like the. I mean, I know like horoscopes and stuff like have to do with like uh, constellations and stuff. I'd like to know more about like where those actually come from. You know, like like why is Taurus like supposed to be like I eat a lot and I'm headstrong and <laughs> apparently I want to you know have sex all the time because apparently that's what in every horoscope it's just like worded slightly differently. It feels like. Well, but, but see, that's the thing is that. <laughs> Western astrology, or at least let me rephrase that, like pop culture astrology has become so focused on the sun sign that it like fucks off all of the other signs that play into it. So if you've ever read your horoscope and been like, the fuck, that's not me. It's because there's a lot of other things that it's not pulling into. To, I, I don't know how I was going to finish that sentence. I'm following you. Though. Yeah, because you also have a moon sign and a rising sign. And those are like your big three. I'm a double Capricorn man. You can't be a double moon. You have one moon. <laughs> what do you mean? What if I, what if I want to have Io as my moon though? No, you're not. No. Brendan had a simulator in space where uh, there was uh, we. You could His simulator was in space. It was in space. Uh, it showed it showed the current like solar mm-hmm. system actually like way outside the solar system, and you can mess with the mass of plants. Or like, what if you threw a planet in there? And so we were just and fucked with, everything up. Well, we were messing with Io, and we. <laughs> Brendan forgot to add a decimal place for like how how he wanted to do it. So instead of like oh, no. like like making it like three point something whatever times, he made like thirty thousand oh, times no. as fast. It's just like brrr, ate all the moons, collapsed into Jupiter, accidentally becoming more and more dense. The end. Superheated <laughs> became a black hole. Yep. <laughs> and everything. I was like, well, I don't know. That's a fun little joke we have. So now you guys are part of that. <laughs> now you're in on the joke. Um, but then there's all, like, houses, and, like, the different planets are in different houses, but then there's different houses for different... Yeah, there's a lot. There's houses? Yes. Yeah, this is going to be a series. There is a lot. Like, if you've ever, like, done a dive into astrology and looked at all of the things, it's fascinating. There's so many different things. And then there's Western astrology, which is tropical, but then there's also sidereal or Vedic astrology, which is, like, uh, East Asian, and that shit's fucking incredibly fascinating it's there's so much going on it's so cool i look forward to this bit in the future <laughs> see that's another one where i'm like nope i need i need to have lots of time to do that mm-hmm. that i could i could break that down into fucking at least 12 okay probably more i could do the same thing with like tarot because there's a lot going on there too nice that was Tarot's not fun. on topic <laughs> no no you see see my 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 innate ability is to derail any kind of, <laughs> whether it's normal programming or <laughs> scheduled things or Our scheduled plans. normal programming. Yeah. Uh, when I was in college, uh, we would do this thing called a Beauville run, which you would drive to this tiny little city called Beauville, which its main attraction consisted of a bar. And so this was a bar crawl where you would you hit is over in um, this is in northern Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. So you would hit oh fuck. I can't even remember some of the tiny little towns you would drive through because you'd hit like Deary and Beauville was like the midpoint. That's the furthest out that you'd go and then you'd come back in. Um, but there was some bar that we stopped out so, stopped at somewhere that I shared this drink with one of my friends. It was called a derailer. And it was served in a bucket. 
I already love where this is going. With these long fucking straws. And her and I shared that. And we like we were good. We were good. For like the rest of the week. Oh no, I mean we kept drinking because that was I mean it was a oh, bar yeah, crawl, good. but right, right. <laughs> Well it's like Deary Idaho didn't have any I've open container never laws. Done a true bar crawl. The, That's the only one I've ever yeah, done. The only time I've ever gotten as drunk as I could imagine being on a bar crawl was Colfax. No. That's in Washington. What? Nothing. Is Colfax, Colfax in Washington? I don't I do not know. Where's Colfax? I thought like you actually said Carfax wrong, and so I was like, what? I don't think no, Colcake. Okay. Well, um I was thinking of when I had my eight shots back to back. That's like the closest. Yes. That's the most drunk I've been other than like drinking a whole bottle of whiskey by myself. That was great. In an hour. You were myself. absolutely bananas Dude. for a half hour and then you were asleep. Dude, I was gone. I will never sleep better <laughs> in my life. Dude, that was the best I've ever slept. And then I woke up and I, I think I didn't wake up bad at all. I don't think I was... Yeah, I think, you, like, yeah I think you were just hungry. Yeah, just, I was very hungry. Which is not new. Right, my normal state of being. <laughs> anyway right why are we here well what are you talking about decker <laughs> well i'm glad you asked um i was um i was actually at work funny enough i'm bringing back up at work again more work stories um i was at work and we were talking about oh geez what the hell were we talking about we were talking about the amount of pressure i think someone could live with uh, oh uh, my friend is into anime and he makes jokes about like all the major mainstream anime like uh, Naruto and like uh, Dragon Ball Z and stuff mm-hmm. we're talking about Dragon Ball Z we're talking about like weight training and stuff mm-hmm. and we're talking about like uh, gravity training and with that uh, uh, we were just like how much pressure could the human body like withstand before like it just gets turned to dust <laughs> and then it led me on like a little tirade of like looking up like well like well how much g-force can like someone withstand and so i'm actually gonna talk about g-force um what it actually not the explains. movie with the guinea pigs oh my whoa you just like took me back like a decade like i don't yeah. even like i forgot that was even a movie what the fuck when like, was that the hamsters right they were guinea pigs. Guinea pigs and Hence like G. Uh, right. Sorry, gerbil force. Was it eight? Uh, no, no, guinea pigs. Right, giraffes. Um, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm so stuck on. Sorry, I'm, I have like some sort of like uh, tiny wimey like confusion. Jesus Christ! How old is it? Uh, is it like 2003? It was 2009. But do you know what the budget for that movie was? Oh yeah, so that was exactly a decade ago. $150,000 million. $150,000? $150,000,000. They were actual gerbils. They couldn't CGI. <laughs> there were no gerbils. Gosh, boy, I'm really stuck on non-guinea pigs. <laughs> you, you really are. So, five Guy Fieri's at once. Hundred and fifty million dollars. Hundred fifty million dollars. Holy fuck! How, how did you do it at the box office? Um, I don't know, but the G Force DVD has four and a half stars at Target.com. Oh fuck yeah! Oh, it got a twenty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm, still better than four fat. <laughs> Sorry, fan four stick. <laughs> Dude, I like I five point one on. I tripped IMDb. right into a black hole right there. <laughs> fan, fan four stick. My 
uh, it's Fantastic Four. It was the reboot. Uh, what they call? I think it has a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It has like the worst. What's score the thing with the lowest? I mean, it used to be Leo the Lion. On oh Netflix. God. <laughs> what is the lowest rated movie on That's Rotten funny. Tomatoes? That has been searched before. Disaster movie from 2008 has a nope. That's an IMDb rating. Jk. That's <laughs> a two. Um, oh, it didn't search what I wanted. That's why. Lion. Rotten Tomatoes. Here we go. What is the that? Bad News Bears Go to Japan has a zero percent. The Bad News Bear. Okay, for entertainment, I want to see if I can find a way to watch that thing. I found a list that has several that have zeros. Huh. Staying Alive has a zero percent. I didn't even realize that there was a sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Anyways, yeah, speaking of derailing. We got, we got derailed. So how did we get there? We were talking about... Uh, G-Force. G-Force. Then you mentioned not gerbils. Fuck you. I'm so stuck on gerbils. I can only call it from the gerbil force. Uh, Space Force. Good lord, I forgot that was a movie. Like, right? I wish you guys could have seen my face. I literally just did the... What? Yeah, he... Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I actually think I almost left my seat visibly. You did <laughs> leave your seat. Oh, I did. You went to I, the I, corner. I had amnesia um, from the G-Force. So, amnesia? What? What? Um, anyways, so, yeah, I'm going to be talking about G-Force. What the actual definition of it is. Um, and then, like, facts about, like, human body tolerance... And like some like records and like what how to quantify what amount of G force you might be experiencing, right? So like on roller coasters, like how much G force is that? Like what does that mean? So um, G force, otherwise known as gravitational force equivalent, is the measure of a type of force per unit mass. So that sounds like a whole bunch of nonsense, but basically it says since mass varies per um, whatever uh, entity. Entity, I don't want to say entity. Whatever <laughs> um, object has gravitational force, right? It can vary based on like whether you're on the moon, on Mars. So this is in relation to Earth's gravity. So it's saying, and, and the way how it quantifies it is it says it's the weight per unit mass. So that basically means uh, since we're using like Earth's like measurements on Earth in terms of like pounds or whether it's like I was about to say tons <laughs> <laughs> I am point zero zero tons that means I'm zero tons that means I'm zero weight oh gosh yeah. Um, but yeah so and we can talk about like what so so mass is used to measure weight because um, weight is mass times gravity so science the more you know um, this is basically saying uh, and, and um, how much force you're experiencing in rel- relative to Earth's gravity, so Earth's gravity, in terms of like gravita- gravitational acceleration, is approximately nine point eight meters a second squared. So that means for every second you um, like gravity was affecting you, you'd be moving um, at nine point eight meters a second. And oh, I can't do the freaking math. <laughs> Basically, you can go really fast. There's really a subreddit quick. for that. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to know the actual like formulas for that, check. They did the math. Google it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you guys can just like ask your like Google Home or uh, dot. Luckily, the Alexa dot's not in here anymore. Yeah. So it's really going off. But anyways, um, so it's basically a measurement of one object relative to another object and the gravitational force between them. 
So you can have G-force um, when moving closer to said object, right? And then that force is measured based on the resistance of the surface that you are being, in a sense, pressed into, right? So Earth is pulling us down, according to our currently known laws of the universe. It is pulling us down, and we are feeling the weight of that gravity um, because of us being pushed or pulled into the surface of the planet, right? So that's normal Gs. Um, you can actually have inverse Gs, though, which would be like, um, imagine like that happening but being upside down, right? So, or a greater way to say that is if you were to, inverse Gs would be like you falling, right? Because mm -hmm. you're, you're basically, um, when I say falling, I mean, imagine you were in orbit in space, and feet first, you were falling towards the planet. That'd be, in a sense, inverse use because, like, your blood's rushing up to your head. Because of the amount of gravity... <laughs> You're going to have a bad time. You are. Your head's probably going to explode. <laughs> so, um, whereas, if you were in an elevator, and an elevator was going up, Earth's pulling on you a, a, a whole fuck ton on a lot. Right? So, as the surface that you're standing on pushes you up, you're gonna start experiencing more Gs because that acceleration is trying to pull you down. Now you also have an opposing force pushing you up, causing blood to rush down into your legs. And this is what fighter pilots have to be very cautious of when they fly. That's why they have these special compressor suits or anti-G suits, um, because if you go at these fast velocities, you can black out, uh, or you can go into what's known as uh, G-lock, which is a gravitational loss of consciousness because of these suits. Um, is that related to, like, the bends for, like, divers? Because that's a change was, in pressure, too, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this one's in terms of gravity, mm -hmm. but I'd say it's very similar. Because, like, uh, uh, can you explain the bends to me a little bit more? Because I, I know no, vague. I okay, cannot. Cool. <laughs> All right. And is it just B-E-N-S? I have, I don't. Bends. Bends. <laughs> like no, multiple people Ben's, named Ben. I got Ben's auto blast, not spots. <laughs> uh, the Ben's uh, di uh, diving. There we go. The Ben's diving. Uh, can you dive from the Ben's? Oh yeah. Decompression sickness. Right. So okay. That's, like, that's where like your body basically is like I'm expanding. I'm yeah. in a balloon. I'm going to fly away. Because pressure. Right. Because of the pressure. Yeah. Right? I was like I have, I have a very surface level knowledge of yeah. ah, surface uh, level. Yeah, hey. I was like, oh, that's a good one. Um, but. It's very similar in terms of, like, it's dangerous when applied very quickly. Okay. Um, now, it, we experience cheese in multiple different ways. Um, for example, if you say something probably pretty mean and you get slapped in the face, then you're going to experience probably a couple hundred Gs, but it's, it's across a small amount of surface area, and it happens so quickly, and the deceleration of it like basically makes it to where like if you were to continue experiencing that, that would just but like how many how many G's of emotional damage is that? <laughs> <laughs> All G's, guys. That's <laughs> good. We're on the pump today. Um, but yeah, so you can experience multitudes of G's, right? That's just when you keep calling uh, a multitude of G's. A multitude of G's. Yeah, it's like. Keep thinking that you're videos. saying like Jeeves, as Jeeves. in like ask Jeeves, as in like the defunct. Yeah. Search engine. Yeah. Ask Jeeves. No. <laughs> um, I guess what was I saying though? But yeah, you can experience a lot of G force. The question is, is the uh, how is it relative to your current orientation uh, with that 
gravitational force, right? So if I experience a slap at 100 Gs, not a big deal because it's probably just from a person and deceleration of the body absorbing it, that shock is going to make it virtually minimal. But let's say someone, like there's a giant gorilla <laughs> King Kong and he throws me at 100 Gs worth of force, probably going to die almost immediately <laughs> because of how many Gs I just got thrown at. So... Um, because your body can't take that amount of acceleration, even though your body's all squishy for the most part, right? You take something uh, malleable-ish, and while it's a solid, it's also a lot of water, and you just all of a sudden throw it really fast. Like, imagine, like, imagine taking a water balloon and <laughs> tying that to a jet and having the jet, <laughs> like, just take off at full speed. Eventually, that thing's just going to go... It's just going to burst, uh-huh. right? That's essentially what will happen if you experience too many Gs. Your insides are going to rupture, right? Cool. Or your capillaries are going to burst. And so yeah, that's why... Your, did you say your cavities go... Capillaries. Okay. Your cavities. Like, your which teeth shatter. Your like... eyes melt. It's a really bad day. <laughs> um, dude, I'm, really, I'm a really good science teacher here, folks. Uh, but yeah, so let's talk about these G-forces. So in terms of human tolerance... An average person can probably easily get up to four or five Gs, right? So take take nine times by five, 45 uh, meters a second. That, that's how much gravitational force you're experiencing in that moment. And that's consistently. That means that it's not like you experience it and then it slows down. Like, you know how you can get in a car and accelerate and then eventually once uh, you hit that speed limit, your body basically adapts because you're now moving at the speed of that. This is like, no, you're consistently experiencing that force. That force is not relent, so your body doesn't actually adapt. You just continue experiencing those Gs of force. Mm-hmm. So that's why with roller coasters, for some people, they get really lightheaded. Right? Like if you do these loop-to-loops and have really crazy rides, like the Superman Returns ride, I think that one you could experience five or six Gs worth of force, only for a couple of seconds though. But the average person can only really deal with four to five Okay. Because of your, your your heart basically can't pump your blood up. So if you met, uh, apparently uh, in this, one of the videos I watched on YouTube, uh, there was a German uh, base that does a lot of this training for their um, fire pilots. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they have them go in those machines that are basically like a giant, what's the word I'm looking for? It's a lot that spins around for blood. Centrifuge. Thank you. Uh, basically, you're in the giant centrifuge, and you're the thing spinning around. Um, and they have the compression suits, and they have to do these breathing exercises as they're going. Because what they do is basically they breathe in, and when they breathe out, they tense everything, helping their heart pump the blood to the rest of their body and essentially helping to bring it back up because your heart pumps about i think they said you can pump 30 centimeters up but for every additional g-force it essentially doubles so you have 30 at one g-force but then your heart needs to pump 60 centimeters at two g's then it has to pump 120 and like eventually get to the point where you're never going to get blood back to your head and then you die and then you die which is not great. So they have to basically, what, what this video shows is they have to like, they breathe in, they go, and they, they, they hyperflex their body. It's like, you know how you sneeze? 
right? You sneeze and like also <laughs> Yes, like, I am familiar. Right. But like your sneezes always seem like stupid powerful for some reason. Like you could never exhale that if you tried. Mm-hmm. Like if your life depended on it, you're like, I cannot. You're like, <sighs> but like you can't do it. But like when you sneeze, it's just a huge outburst. That's essentially what they have to do to help their body pump that. And so when you start experiencing these G's at a vertical level, so this is of course you standing up or down. If the G's were to increase, so as you're standing, uh, Earth's gravitational pull doubled, right? You'd still be okay, but it'd be a bit harder for you to breathe in a sense. Think of like uh, altitude sickness, right? Mm-hmm. Where like it's harder to breathe, you're getting like lightheaded, uh, cognitive ability starts to not necessarily function very well, right? And you can withstand about up to five G's before you might start passing out. So that's those roller coasters again, where like if you were to launch up really hard, that's where the normal gravitational force uh, force would be applied, is as you're going on the uphill take. And then once you go doing your downhill take, that's when you start experiencing those inverse Gs because now the blood's coming all the way back up to your head again, which might lead to some euphoria. But initially what happens is when you start experiencing too much Gs, you'll have a gray out. And that gray out means that you start to have, uh, you start losing colors and hues, um, and it's easily reversible like once you level out. So basically the color comes back to your eyes once you stop experiencing it. Tunnel vision happens a little bit later on where you lose your peripheral vision, right? So like basically you can only see straight ahead. Then you can lead to a blackout, which means that you're so conscious that you can't see, and normally uh, very quickly after that is when you go into G-lock, which is what pilots want to avoid. Because if you're flying an aircraft and all of a sudden you go unconscious, <laughs> That's not, not great. great things can happen. Because um, <clears throat> I mean, most people, if they just lose consciousness for ha- like you know for a second or two, they can come back in like a couple seconds. But think about th- this though: you've just been knocked unconscious, not because someone hit you, because of lack of blood rushing to your head. So if you come back into consciousness, you're probably going to start experiencing inverse G-force, which mm-hmm. means your heart's going to have a hard time again continuing to pump that blood that's carrying the oxygen to help you think. So even if you come back into consciousness, you may not have the cognitive awareness to know what's happening or what's going on. So um, now I said that you can withstand about five Gs normally while standing. You can experience nine uh, if you've been well-trained before you start getting towards the G-lock or death stage. Yikes. But you don't want to be there very long, only for like a couple seconds. So, And that would be... Um, again, if you did nine, that would be 81, uh, or 88 meters a second squared in terms of like acceleration from gravitational force being applied to you. So if you have the inverse, which is like where you have negative G's, right? You can have a red out, which means blood's rushing to your head too much and your brain is very sensitive. You don't right? say. <laughs> That's why we protect it. That's why we wear helmets most of the time, um, when you're doing stuff that could damage your head. So if you have all this blood rushing there, your brain's like a sponge, that can be very damaging. So good 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 thing about our normal day-to-day life is we don't have to worry about falling all the time. Like doing yeah. giant descents, because we weren't really built for that. The cool thing though is your body is really good at adapting to G-force, not necessarily while standing up, but actually when you're parallel um, to the gravitational force being applied. Right. So it sounds weird at first, but... So, like, if you were falling but laying down? 
Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's in terms of your body experiencing G-force. If you were to hit the ground, though, not great. You want to be perpendicular to the ground when um, basically being on the surface of something applying G-force. But your body's good at adapting to it when it's... Um, when it's like, oh, sorry, when it's like horizontal. So, you know, like when it's spinning and stuff, uh-huh. your body's better at doing with that, dealing with like the velocity of something moving with you than you'd be from you falling or being like ascended into heaven really quick. Like, the rapture is not going to be great for a lot of people. <laughs> they're they're going to have a really bad fucking time. Um, yeah, I'm just imagining if, like, if you were to go on Tower of Terror, but. Lying down. Lying down. And that sounds fucking terrifying. Right. You're, but, but like, think about it this way. Your heart's not pumping up or down. It's pumping mm-hmm. along well, a plane. Well, I read an interesting thing here is that, I guess now it's technically Mission Breakout, but I still call it Tower of Terror because... Oh, that's right, right. That's what I know it is. Um, actually goes into negative Gs because it right. pulls you faster than free fall, which would be zero Gs. Right. And that's... Kind of scary, right? So that's on what I was right? Yeah. And now that I've just talked so about, so that it, that would be the that's the inverse G's. Yeah, that's the inverse G's. So like, if it's something's pulling you down faster than gravity is being applied, right? Then your blood rushes to your head, and the body can only experience up to negative three G's. So in a sense, you can experience three times G's while like basically being thrown into heaven, or um, while like. Um, like being on the surface of like uh, something a planet with more dense uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying I'm that it says it says uh, writers on on Tower of Terror will feel forces as high as 3.1 G's and as low as negative 0.9 G's within about 30 seconds cool That's that sounds nuts when you look at it that it way it does that sounds really nuts but what's really crazy though is I want to tell you about uh, a record someone has for this so um, in the highest rec- uh, it recorded G-Force experience was by a human, thank goodness, uh, who survived a uh, 2003 IndyCar Series finale on the Texas Motor Speedway on October 12th of... Oh, shit, I was going to say, is it the 12th? No, it's the 8th. <laughs> oh, uh, point, of, point of correction, free fall would be 1G, not 0. Huh? I said that earlier. What did you say? Free fall would be 1G, not 0G. Sorry, yeah, because it'd be normal acceleration. Yeah, I, I earlier, know, earlier I said, zero, yeah, and I was like, yeah, wait, that's wrong. 0Gs is like where no gravity Where is nothing right. is happening. Yeah, it's, oh, I'm in space. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like how space is also always represented with like a... Oh. Arms out. <laughs> like, no, like, there's nothing Starfish. To uh. <laughs> oh, man. Um, but, okay, so uh, in this car race... Um, there was a wheel-to-wheel contact, which led to a car impacting a catch fence. And they crashed, experiencing 214 <gasps> Gs, and survived. Oh my god. I want to put this in... in <laughs> Jesus! Wait, and I was like, well, how do I quantify this? You may be asking, like, I, you're just saying numbers... Hey, Decker, out. how do you quantify this? I'm so glad you asked. Okay, I calculated that amount of Gs... Times that by the meters per second that would be experienced by normal gravitational force. That is 2,097 meters per second, or otherwise known as 4,690 miles per hour's worth of force. In this sense, kind of like deceleration, which means in one second, like, like let's say you were to move at that speed, 
you could go from coast just past the coast of the United States. Shit. In terms of like, like if you were to cover that much distance, there's so much cheese that, that was experienced there. It's a miracle this guy's even alive. Yeah. That's so, insane. Which just goes to show how cool the human body is. And so I wanted to show you a little quick video here that shows someone trying to do the breathing techniques. And they're inside of this. And they're actually t- explaining like G-lock and everything else like this. So he's getting ready to go at the... No, never mind. Uh, let's go here. This is the long one. Okay. So he's trying to do those breathing exercises where like he force, forcefully exhales it. And he's only experiencing about three Gs. But the problem is this is consistently. It's mm-hmm. not slowing down. So he's going to 3.6 Gs. And then you'll see him. He's trying to do it. He's having trouble. And then he's unconscious. <laughs> But then he comes right back as soon as there's deceleration. He, and and you can see like his kind of that looks system. awful. Yeah, no, it looks like, it looks like um, I don't want. I mean, it's almost like someone like kind of having like a like seizure or like, uh-huh. stroke a little bit, like where like like just nothing's moving correctly uh-huh. at all. So yeah, it looks terrifying. But um, the nice thing is, is if you only experience it for like a second or two, your body's pretty much fine because. You've essentially got all the blood to go back to your head. Um, another important thing is jerk, which is the change in G's experienced, which would be like if all of a sudden I go from experiencing one G to three G's in like a second, that would be a two G uh, per second jerk. And those are really dangerous because the more you experience gradually, the easier it is for your body to adapt. But if I were to go from right now to experiencing like five Gs, I mean, if it lasted for half a second, I'd probably be fine, but I'd be like face down on the ground right now all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I could imagine once I saw that was with Jerk. I was like, I'm just walking down the street and all of a sudden just 10 Gs out of nowhere, just face down on the ground. Um, so next time you fall, you just be like, oh, I'm just, I'm just checking the G-force here. Just checking the G-force. Just... <laughs> it's working. High G roller coasters can go between 3.5 to 6.3. The 6.3, I'm going to guess, is in relation to the Superman Returns ride, mm-hmm. which could get to 6 Gs, which is insane, I think. Um, but I guess you'd ex- you could experience a couple seconds of actual free fall. So, like, that sen- sensation of, like, floating. And in terms of the G-force that the guy experienced, um, what's really insane... Did you ever watch... You watched the... Um, What's that guy on YouTube who does the uh, facts about animals? Zifrank. Zifrank, yeah. Did you watch his, his new one? Uh, what was his new one again? Cats was... in Therapy? I did not. Oh, God, it's fucking hilarious. Um, Zifrank, um, he did one about the mantis shrimp. Uh-huh. The mantis shrimp's punch from the acceleration of the claw during the predatory strike is 10 thousand g's son of a bitch well because think it gets so deep in yeah. the ocean like, well, i never thought about it having to move yeah. through the could fuck i couldn't even imagine like at that point like does my head even have time to fall off my body like, like you, you would just explode like would you punch me move your fist back and then my oh head my god my body? is one punch man a mantis shrimp <laughs> Now I just want to have like I want to have like a halfling who is, is half like man. really really ripped and their skill is just to punch really quickly. Like it doesn't necessarily do a lot of, like do a lot of damage, but like it can punch faster than you can feel. So like it's already punched you like oh. 
<laughs> and your insides are gelatin. And your insides are out. And your outsides are also out. Gross. Um, <laughs> Put those away. Well, yeah. <laughs> Put that thing back where it came from. That's so like what I was talking about, so. Wow. God, the fucking mantis shrimp. Dude, I couldn't even imagine that, so... Yeah, no, this was my face. This was my face when I was researching this. Was that uh, oh. face right here, like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is not good. This is bad. <sighs> so, Katie. Yes, Decker. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, it's uh, still spooky season as we are recording this. It's still spooky season. Ooh. Uh, and I, you know, I'm going to keep saying that. I'm, I'm going to keep prefacing everything with like, oh, it's spooky season. Would, and then continue to talk about the things I would regularly talk about because I live in spooky season always. <laughs> right. But I did try to find some things that are maybe, you know, spooky adjacent. Uh, so today, and this was for a science role also, but I went for the... I went for the science, whereas you went for the like, science tech. Right. Uh, so I'm going to be talking about Kuru. That name sounds stupid familiar. Uh-huh. It sounds really familiar. Why does it sound familiar to me, Katie? So Kuru is super rare. Um, and it is a neuro-de- neurodegenerative disorder. Okay. Um, it's incurable. And it's also fatal. <laughs> sounds like it. When I hear incurable, <laughs> uh-huh. I mean not good. <laughs> Well, I mean, there's, like, incurable as in, like, well, you're going to have to live with this forever. And then there's incurable, like, you're going to have to live with this forever, but le- forever will be short. It will kill you. <laughs> Your forever is I should give almost you timeless in a sense, unless you how much time you have. Oh, we remembered. We did remember. Uh, but, I mean, you. I did. <laughs> I definitely did not. Uh, and it's it was formerly common among the foray people of Papua New Guinea. Uh, Kuru is caused by the transmission of abnormally folded proteins, which leads to symptoms such as tremors, loss of coordination, and neurodegeneration. When I say the folded proteins, it's specifically talking about prion proteins, because this is a prion disease. So PRNP is the prion... That's the prion protein is that's the human gene uh, encoding for the major prion protein, which is PRP. Okay. Uh, also known as CD230. Okay, yeah. Right. Which is that's the cluster of differentiation 230. I didn't feel like I needed to look into that anymore. <laughs> Special thanks. <laughs> Special thanks to science for decoding whatever and the, the end. <laughs> Anyways, so expression of the protein is most predominant in the nervous system, okay. uh, but it does occur in other tissues throughout the body. The protein can exist in multiple isoforms, and normal PRPC and protease-resistant forms, uh, designated PR, PR is... As Did in you say mul- a letter at the end there? <laughs> PR- S- Oh, okay. As it's in, like, like I, multiple PRPR? I just heard PR... Is. <laughs> I was like, is that a Z? I was trying to... Is. Is. Okay. Um, Pluralize it. Such as the disease-causing PRPSC, also known as Scrapey, I think. Um, that name, actually, you know what? You said a word there. <laughs> and that... That's done me a lot of uh, <laughs> That's an isoform that's located in the mitochondria. And what is the mitochondria? The powerhouse of the cell! There you go. <laughs> I love how... Like, what? I, I guess I know about the ribosomes. 
Like, <laughs> what about the cell wall? That's important. Oh, yeah, I forgot about the cell the wall. The membrane? I don't like to build walls. I like to let everything just kind of mingle. Mingle It's funny that I still remember that, because was that a really big thing that you learned? In, like, yeah, I don't know school? why they, the, like... The powerhouse of the cell! Like, I don't know why they, like, drilled that into you. Like, when am I ever going to use listen, that? Listen here, you right forearm. You use that mitochondria. Which one are you speaking to? There's thousands there. All of them. <laughs> I'd like you to address them individually by name. Yeah. Reminds me of a. There's a scene in Full Metal Alchemist where like someone can. He has a whole bunch of souls inside of him, like millions of souls, and he know he knows the name of every single soul inside of him. And I'm like, no, you don't. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> There's one <laughs> in so there that you've been calling Steve. I can't remember my friends' names half the time. I have to. I have to really think about their mannerisms before I know who they are. <laughs> you gotta know that there's one in there who's, he's been like, oh, it's Steve, when his name is actually, like, Jason, he just, it's been too long for him to correct just, him. It's fine. My name's Steve. It's, I changed my name Steve to <laughs> That happens a lot when I'm on the phone. They'll be like, oh, and who is this? And I'm like, oh, it's Katie. And they're like, oh, oh Hayden? Katie. Hayden. Katie. Hayden. Hayden, Fine. Well, I'm Hayden now. <laughs> Katie can no longer make it to the phone. All right, I get a lot of, like, Kathy? Kate? Haley? No. Whatever. These are my names now, I guess. Yeah. Brynn gets a lot of Fran. Fran? Hi, my name is Brynn. Okay, name. Fran. No. No. Whatever, you tried. <laughs> Anyways, so the misfolded version of PRPSC, the, the scrapey, the scrapey, is associated with a variety of cognitive disorders and neurodegenerative diseases in animals, mm-hmm. such as ovine scrapey, bovine spongiform encephalopathy, what? also abbreviated as BSE, or mad cow disease. I was going to say, I like, I like the sounds of mad cow. It is. Okay. Uh, also, feline spongiform encephalopathy, Transmissible mink encephalopathy. Mink? Mm-hmm. Wow. Exotic ungulate encephal- encephalopathy. Mm. Chronic wasting disease, or CWD. Um, and that affects cervids. Yes? All I could think of, I was trying to think of some sort of analogy for chronic wasting disease, and I was like, otherwise don't, I was like, a college dropout in their mother's basement. <laughs> <laughs> they have wasting disease. <laughs> I mean, it affects cervids, so they're also a deer. Yeah. Uh, Hello, deer. Deer, can you come help me? In humans, and these ones are going to be real difficult to pronounce because these are people's names. Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease. uh, Fatal familial insomnia. Gertzman Straussler Schenker syndrome. Kuru and variant Kreutzfeldt Jacob disease. This sounds like rabies almost a little bit. Does rabies fall into this category? No. Because I like heard of, like insomnia and then like other like neurological symptoms along with that, so I wasn't sure. No, rabies isn't one of these. Okay. Transmissible spongiform encephalitis. Uh, that's a group of progressive, invariably fatal conditions that are associated with prions, and they affect the brain. So it's encephalopathies, they affect the brain, and the nervous system of animals such as human, cattle, and sheep. 
Um, according to the most widespread hypothesis, they are transmitted by prions, though some other data suggests um, spiroplasma infection. Okay. Uh, mental and physical abilities deteriorate, and many tiny holes appear in the cortex, causing it to look like a sponge where brain tissue has been taken after like an autopsy. It mm-hmm. looks like a sponge, hence spongiform. So, so the way to get this is by having exposure to prions? Ingesting oh, oh, them, yeah. Ingesting them. So eating meat that's been mm-hmm. contaminated with this, mm-hmm. in a sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know there's different kinds of protein, but... Yeah. Okay. Uh, the disorder causes impairment of brain function, including memory changes, personality changes, and problems with movement that worsen chronically. Chronic wasting disease uh, occurs in, it mostly occurs in adult animals. Uh, the youngest animal to exhibit clinical symptoms of the disease was 15 months. Uh, the disease is progressive and always fatal. The first signs are difficulties in movement. So I feel like I've definitely seen videos of like a deer where they're just kind of like staggering around weird. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. The most obvious uh, clinical sign of chronic wasting disease is weight loss over time. And behavioral changes that occur in the majority of cases include decreased interaction with other animals, so they start avoiding other animals, uh, listlessness, lowering of the head, tremors, repetitive walking in set patterns, and nervousness. Uh, excessive salivation and grinding of the teeth are also observed. And most deer show increased drinking and urination. The increased drinking and salivation may contribute to the spread of the disease. Uh, So basically you get behavioral changes, emaciation, weakness, ataxia, salivation, aspiration, pneumonia, and progressive death. You know, just tack that on there. Casual progressive death. It's just, you know, Mm -hmm. it happens. Yeah. So as a precaution, hunters should avoid eating deer and elk tissues known to harbor the CWD, or the chronic wasting disease agent, such as the brain, spinal cord, eyes, spleen, tonsils, lymph nodes, and, um, that was bad grammar. I should have put an end in there. And the lymph nodes. I didn't even... So the spine. I mean, it wasn't on this list. Fuck yeah. Um, I did not realize that deer had tonsils. I don't really think about it. Yeah, I, I've never actually put the thought into thinking about what other creatures might have tonsils. <laughs> My life is a lie. <laughs> like, how many other how many other creatures do you think have tonsils? Like a frogfish. A frogfish? Yeah. Like a, I think <laughs> they, it also from a frog. They have tonsils? <laughs> Probably. I don't know. I believe it. <laughs> now, fatal insomnia is a rare, dis- a, rhythm, a rare disorder that results in trouble sleeping, which is a very mild way to put it. Uh, so problems sleeping typically start out gradually and then worsen over time. Uh, other symptoms can include speech problem. Yep, just like that. Speech, speech problems. Problem. <laughs> oh, speech no. problems, coordination problems, and dementia. Man. Uh, it results in death within a few months to a few years. Wow. Uh, Fatal insomnia has no known cure and involves progressively worsening insomnia, which leads to hallucinations, delirium, confusional states like dementia, and then death. So if they have insomnia, isn't that way I can do like a medically induced like coma 
or like something to help basically force the body to go into a state to fall asleep. Because it sounds like, I mean, when I hear insomnia, I think it's like a natural progression to have the body decide to go to sleep. Well, I think this there's been some sort of, I mean, it's like a protein folding issue. So that something there is broken. Right. So, I mean, even if you could induce sleep, sleep the problem is still there. Right. I'm just thinking because like, you know, having difficulty sleeping can have so many bad effects for your health. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, um, I mean, I know at some points after not being like, not having to sleep for a couple of days, you yeah. actually start to hallucinate, like, mm-hmm. freak out. And, uh, and I think after, like, a week you die. Something like <laughs> Something that. Something like that. Um, it's inspired by the rain. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> Someone hates that movie. <laughs> I don't think uh-uh. I've ever actually seen the ring. Yeah, no? Uh-uh. Mm. I forgot what I was going to say, so I blew a raspberry instead. <laughs> I, I didn't know why it was happening, but I couldn't stop it. I want to do that now when, like, in a meeting and stuff. Where, like, I'm about, like, I have a question. And so I was saying, I forgot the question. I'm just going to... Carry on. And then act like nothing happened. Right. No, this is normal. This is normal. <laughs> so, Kuru. Kuru. That's a rare and fatal brain disorder that occurred at epidemic levels during the 1950s to 60s among the foray people in the highlands of New Guinea. So based on the things that I had told you about the other things, such as chronic wasting disease, how do you think one might contract Kuru? Maybe. Mm-hmm. You were correct. <laughs> You're giving well, me. Kind of you're giving me a look like you're very confused. No, I give me a look of like I don't like where this is going. <laughs> is it eating human flesh? So the term kuru derives from the foray word kuria or guria, which means to shake, uh, due to the body tremors that are a classic symptom of the disease, and kuru itself means trembling. That's why I know it because isn't that like what happens? Like one of the telltale signs. It is also known as the laughing sickness due to the pathologic bursts of laughter that are also a symptom of the disease. The, so the Joker's a cannibal. <laughs> Freaking, I know it. Uh, and it is now widely accepted that Kuru is transmitted, or was transmitted among the members of the Foray tribe of Papua New Guinea via funerary cannibalism. Funerary. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in order to celebrate someone's life, they're like, oh, let's have a feast with their body. Deceased family members were traditionally cooked and eaten, which was thought to help free the spirit of the dead. Women and children usually consumed the brain, and the organ in which infectious prions were most concentrated. Ah, mm. uh, oh, those women and their laughter. <laughs> thus leading to the transmission of Kuru. Uh, so therefore, this disease was most prevalent among women and children because they were the ones that were consuming the brain tissue. Mm-hmm. The epidemic uh, likely started when a villager developed sporadic Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease and died. So then the villagers ate the brain, they contracted the disease, and then it was spread to the other villagers because they died and the other villagers ate their brains. So what you're telling me is this isn't a problem in the States. <laughs> I mean I sure hope it's it's very rare uh, Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease also known as classic Kreutzfeldt-Jakob disease is a fatal degenerative brain disorder early symptoms include memory problems behavioral changes 
poor coordination and visual visual disturbances uh, that later turns into dementia, involuntary movements, blindness, weakness, and coma. And about 70% of people will die within a year of diagnosis. Mm. So it'll kill you. Fast. All I can think of was like those tribes being dendrovores. Because they eat dead things. Oh. Well, we eat dead things. Well, right, but like... I mean, there's a difference though, like, because uh, like carnivore, like carnivores and omnivores, they can eat things that are dead, but dendrivores specifically eat stuff that's only dead. You know what I mean? I mean, they eat other things. They don't only eat dead people. Right. I gee, I hope someone dies. I'm real hungry. <laughs> Die, Kevin! I hate you. We haven't eaten in three weeks. No one's died. No one's died. <laughs> Welcome to the killing floor. <laughs> so while the foray people stopped consuming human meat in the early 1960s, um, and that was mainly because I think it was the Australian government realized what was going on and they were like, hey, maybe don't do that. And they were like, oh, okay. So they, <laughs> they stopped eating brains. Brains. Um, so they stopped consuming human meat in the 60s or like the early 60s but it has a long incubation period so that means that the disease lingered um for like 10 to 50 years because it was these people that had consumed it already it was incubating before you know surfacing so then the epidemic declined sharply um, after they discarded their cannibalism. And it went from 200 deaths per year in 1957 to one or no deaths annually in 2005. Nice. Um, although there is a disagreement on when the last Kuru victim died. It was either 2005 or 2009. Okay. Still a while ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could have died after just recently infusing G-Force. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything comes full circle on our show. Mm-hmm. But that's you get that specifically by by eating human brain tissue. Mm. Ta-da! I only have so much of that, I can't share it all. I don't want to eat that, thank you. Thank you. You don't have the shakes or hysterical laughter? I mean, not from that, no. <laughs> hmm. Man, that's uh... And that's Kuru! That's interesting. Isn't it? Like, prion diseases are fucking bananas. They're not bananas, they're a protein. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you had it coming. <laughs> you had it coming. Um Well shall we shall yeah. we roll for next next next? Yeah. yeah. Let's roll for next episode. I have these are another ones from the another set from the Kraken. Uh, iconic, mythical, oh, whatever what's, Kickstarter. What's cracked lacking? I don't know what these ones were called, but they're like they they're like striated between yellow, orange, and red, and they're pretty. They look like those like Starburst gushers. They do. Which when is I, why I want to eat. Them. When I was first holding the bag, John thought they were gummies. See, we will. Uh, <laughs> I want to eat them. They belong on the the um, Forbidden Candy subreddit. Oh. Forbidden noms or whatever it is. Yeah. True crime. Nice. 
Okay, and then I'm going to roll the same dice as I always do, for those of you that are new here. I have some custom-made dice with pictures, because I don't know how to read. <laughs> and... Illiteracy! Science and technology! Nice! All right! Well... Guess we're doing that one again. All right. Come back next week to find out what the fuck we're talking about. Bye! Bye. If you've got something to say, find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash WTFpod. Email us at wtf.podcast.mail at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at WTFAYTA Podcast. That's WTFAYTA, our acronym, podcast. Our music was by Decker Hinckley, and our artwork was by Kirby Morfitt.